Welcome to the Talking Tall Rounds series, brought to you by the Seidel and Arnold Miller Family Heart, Vascular, and Thoracic Institute at Cleveland Clinic. Good morning, everyone. My name is Jen Hargrave, and I just want to start out by um, offering my thanks for all of those participating this morning in the blood conservation um, during cardiac and vascular surgery tall rounds. In just a moment, my co-moderator, Nick Scubis, who's the chairman of the Department of Cardiothoracic Anesthesia, um, will be joining us. But before that, we'd like to set the context with a case, with a complex aortic surgery case in which we use um, several blood conservation techniques. Um, but, before, but before our speakers come, I'd like to invite my um, chief fellow, Dr. Oscar Tomar Carmaggio, or Carmaggio to um, give a, a, just a really brief case introduction for us. So Oscar. Good morning. Today we'll briefly discuss the case with a high incidence of coagulopathy and need for a blood tra uh, product transfusion uh, where we use blood conservation techniques to decrease the amount and need of blood, blood product transfusion. So uh, in summary, uh, we have a 69-year-old male with aortic dilatation of particular interest as preoperative labs show an H&H &H of 14.5 and 43.9 platelets of 177,000 PTT normal and INR within normal limits. Uh, the surgical procedure, quite complex, includes a total arch repair with frozen elephant trunk anastomosis, two stent B safer procedure, uh, anominate reimplantation of the distal anastomosis, uh, a valve sparing root replacement. Uh, the cross clamp time was a total of 218 minutes anterior grade cerebral perfusion time of 43 minutes and cardiopulmonary bypass time of 232 minutes. Several blood conservation techniques were utilized, including ANH of a total of 475 milliliters, retrograde autologous prime of the cardiopulmonary bypass circuit, microplegia, cell saver, aminocaproic acid, as well as goal-directed therapy for coagulopathy. Here's a brief timeline of the goal-directed management after separation of cardiopulmonary bypass, as well as administration of the protamine, uh, the autologous blood was returned, a total of 475 milliliters. A TEG, as well as coagulation studies were obtained of particular interest. The max amplitude was decreased, the INR was increased at 1.6, and the fibrinogen was slightly decreased. After the coagulation studies, it was determined that one a bag of platelets was administered as well as two bags of FFP. The cell saver was completed uh, afterwards an ABG was obtained demonstrating an H&H of 10.2 and 31.6. The patient was then transferred to the CBICU. Upon arrival, the patient was normal thermic. New coagulation studies were obtained. Of interest, the INR was elevated at 1.3. Fibrinogen was decreased at 129. At this point, it was determined that two bags of FFP and two bags of cryo would be administrated. The next day, the coagulation studies were reobtained and the studies were now normalized with no uh, coagulopathy. In summary, we have a complex case with a high incidence of coagulopathy and need for blood product transfusion. This uh, case scenario demonstrates how goal-directed therapy, as well as several blood conservation techniques can be utilized to optimize and decrease the amount of blood products transfused. Thank you. A few weeks ago, the Society of Thoracic Surgeons, the STS, together with the uh, Society of Cardiac Anesthesiologists, the SCA, in collaboration with the American Society of uh, Extracorporeal Technology, 
and the Society for Advancement of Blood Surgery, of uh, Blood uh, Management, uh, issued the most recent guidelines on blood conservation and patient blood management in cardiac surgery. For the preoperative interventions, assessment of anemia, determining its etiology and treatment in all cardiac surgery patients is recommended, as well as implementation of standardized transfusion protocols. Along the same lines of treating uh, preoperative anemia is a short course of erythropoietin and uh, iron supplementation preoperatively in patients who refuse blood transfusion is recommended, as in our Jehovah's Witness uh, patient group. Treatment of asymptomatic anemia and uh, asymptomatic thrombocytopenia with transfusion is actually not recommended. The previous guidelines were uh, general when they addressed the antiplatelet medications, but these guidelines are more specific when to stop and which drug with a class A recommendation. Preoperative anticoagulants with non-vitamin uh, K oral anticoagulants is a new addition to the guidelines this year, where reversal of the non-vitamin A oral anticoagulant in emergency cardiac surgery patients with specific antidote is recommended. I think that uh, andexanet alpha is, although it's a great drug, but the cost might be a limiting factor. At the same level of recommendation is if the antidote is not available, prothrombin concentrate is recommended. Uh, what about the intraoperative interventions? The routine use of antifibrinolytic agents is showing up again in this guidelines as the previous one with class A uh, recommendation, uh, with class one recommendation and strong level of evidence to decrease bleeding and transfusion in cardiac surgery. What is new is the recommendation to, uh, it's a reasonable choice to uh, use tranexamic acid to reduce bleeding in off-pump cabbage surgery. Moving to the blood products and derivatives, the era of using uh, fresh frozen plasma to treat heparin resistance should be something from the past. And it is showing again, uh, as, the previous, as in the previous guidelines, using anti-thrombin 3 concentrate for heparin resistance. It's class one recommendation with a strong level of evidence. It is not, uh, prothrombin concentrate is reasonable to consider over fresh frozen plasma as a first-line therapy in certain situations where there is refractory coagulopathy and patient, for example, in right ventricular failure cannot handle the burden of the therapeutic volume of FFT. It is not recommended to uh, prophylactically infuse fresh frozen plasma uh, in absence of coagulopathy in cardiac surgery. I'm not going to uh, discuss the perfusion interventions because Pat Grady is going to talk about that in details, but I want to highlight the importance of uh, acute normovolumic hemodilution or ANH. ANH is reasonable to reduce bleeding and transfusion in <clears throat> cardiac surgery in selected patients. Moving to the postoperative fluid management, albumin is a reasonable choice to provide intravascular volume replacement. Meanwhile, hydroxyethyl starch is not recommended.
transfusion algorithms, uh, they are core in the patient blood management and blood conservation in cardiac surgery. And it seems that the debate of restrictive versus liberal transfusion is settling. Where restrictive red blood cell transfusion strategy is recommended in preference to liberal. Uh, this decreases the uh, allogenic red blood cell transfusion without increase in morbidity and mortality. Another pillar of blood conservation and cardiac surgery is goal-directed transfusion algorithms utilizing point-of-care testing, precisely viscoelastic testing. Transfusing red blood, cell, uh, red blood cells for hemoglobin more than uh, 10 grams per deciliter is not recommended. A comprehensive multimodal blood conservation program led by a multidisciplinary team should be part of any patient blood management uh, to decrease the uh, utilization of our blood resources, at the same time, decrease the risk of bleeding. Thank you. For this portion, I will describe the factor concentrates and prothrombin complex concentrates, or PCCs, available and review their efficacy in managing perioperative coagulopathy. Factor concentrates dependent on the specific product are currently FDA indicated for the treatment of hemophilia, congenital factor deficiencies, and emergency oral anticoagulant reversal. Their use has been described in coagulopathy and bleeding related to um, cardiac surgery, though its use is off-label for this indication. The current um, therapy of the baseline of therapy is has traditionally been FFP, though PCC offers advantages, including rapid preparation and lower infectious risk and lower infusion volume. As Dr. Abdallah mentioned, the recent perioperative um, blood management guidelines do note PCC as a first-line option in some refractory cases of coagulopathy related to cardiac surgery, and recombinant factor 7A is also noted as an option to consider. Factor concentrates act through repleting the vitamin K-dependent coagulation factors specific to the product, thus activating the coagulation cascade to promote the generation of thrombin and sub subsequently fibrin. I'd like to point out the half-life of some of these factor concentrates um, or fa coagulation factors and note that factor 7 has a very short half-life of six hours or less and factor two has a much longer half-life as these can impact the duration of hemostatic effect of these factor concentrates. In terms of the coagulation or the factor concentrates, we have several options and here I will highlight those that have been most studied in perioperative coagulopathy. Inactive PCCs can be categorized into four or three factor PCCs based on the presence or absence of factor seven. Anti-inhibitor coagulant complex is the available activated PCC product. And looking at these um, different PCCs, with the balance of coagulation factors and um, anticoagulants, inactive four-factor PCC is thought to be safest from a thromboembolic risk um, perspective. These inactive and activated PCC products are human-derived from donor plasma, whereas the single-factor concentrate available for perioperative coagulopathy, recombinant coagulation factor 7A is derived from animal species. And this product with its repletion of um, simply factor seven 
which has a short half-life of six hours or less, is thought to have a lower duration of hemostatic effect. The efficacy in cardiac surgery for factor concentrates is minimal and primarily based on retrospective data. First, looking at um, studies of inactive PCCs compared to FFP, there has been a meta-analysis and a recent randomized pilot study comparing inactive PCCs to FFP, as well as several small retrospective studies that mirror these same effects and results, which have shown that PCCs are associated with decreases in transfusion requirements and bleeding severity. Compared to FFP, PCCs have not been shown to increase the risk of thromboembolic events or mortality. There is very little evidence regarding activated PCCs in perioperative coagulopathy, in which the few small retrospective studies do show decreases in transfusion requirements and re-exploration for bleed, though with risk of thromboembolic events. Recombinant factor 7A has been studied in perioperative coagulopathy in cardiac surgery patients with a variety of data and studied at a wide variety of dosing strategies. These studies primarily show decreases in transfusion requirements and lab evidence of coagulopathy, though mortality data is, very, um, is highly variable and conflicting with some reports up to 40% mortality. Additionally, recombinant factor 7A is associated with the greatest amount of thromboembolic events with reports up to 24%. Among all of these factor concentrates, thromboembolic events are increased and more likely to occur with repeated dosing of the factor concentrate. There are additional single factor concentrates that are currently available, though their evidence for use in cardiac surgery is limited or um, minimal or non-existent. However, with the future of the potential for future studies or point of care testing, these could be options down the pipeline. Overall, large prospective studies for factor concentrate use in cardiac surgery related coagulopathy and bleeding is very minimal and um, we are waiting for these prospective studies. However, current evidence does suggest that factor concentrates appear to have favorable transfusion requirements and bleeding outcomes in coagulopathy. Um, in particular, pointing towards inactive four-factor PCCs when balancing the transfusion requirements and thromboembolic risks. And overall, it is important to consider the risk of thromboembolic events when using any factor concentrates. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Like what you heard? Visit Tall Rounds online at clevelandclinic.org slash tallrounds and subscribe for free access to more education on the go.